Phil, you gorgeous, gorgeous beast, we're back. And better than ever, it is time for another episode of the Great Heavy Music Podcast. With me, as always, the beautiful Phil Collins. Phil, say hello to the folks at home. Hey, guys. How you doing? That was a little seductive, right? Hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you guys undressing for me? Cause I mean, because I'm... Hey, why's your, pant, why's your pants off? <laughs> <laughs> so, Phil, before we dive into... The That's So Metal segment that we do each and every week. I want to hear, give me an update. Since we last talked, I think we had an episode and we also talked to Brittany Slays from Hell yeah. The Archers. And if anybody listening has not listened to that interview, go back right now, listen to it. It was excellent. She's great. Tell the folks at home, Phil, what, what have you been up to? What have you been getting into? Anything of interest? Yeah, man, I uh, applied to nursing school and got into it, so that'll, that'll be cool. And then... Thanks, man. And I've just been working and lifting weights and maintaining this very average body. Training. You've been <laughs> Barely. training. Barely. I've been fucking training, getting so mad about Morse Principium, <laughs> like well, that commenter. So when can we always refer to you as Phil the Merce Collins? Oh, man. Uh, I should be done by next May. Not this May coming up. Obviously, it's when it begins. And then it's a year. It'll be next May. Hopefully. All right, speed it up, Merce, because I'm ready. I mean, let's get it. I mean, God. What about All you? Right. What have you been doing? Uh, well, I just got back from that trip in the British Virgin yeah. Islands. Yep. S- sailing the world, jumping around, and you know, having a great time, scuba diving, snorkeling. Beautiful down there. Awesome, man. But I missed you. I'm ready to get back on the horse and, and start talking about some albums. And you know what I did do on that trip was I listened to the album you picked for me, and I had a really good kind of peaceful unobstructed time to dive into it and i have a lot to say about it so i'm really looking forward to sweet today's episode so right, before, before we dive into the review section do you want to do a that's so metal section yeah i got a good one i thought um i found it earlier today and um it's a that's little a it's of, that's the level of preparation that we have on these episodes. i was like i was gonna say i kind of scrounged and panicked and stumbled upon now i uh no i have the story um about this 78 year old man who fought off a mama bear. It was in his driveway, and um, he punched it in the nose. But one of my favorite parts of the story, he goes, she made a, char- a charging dead run at me. That sucker was eyeball to eyeball. I hit her right right dead on the point of the nose the first shot. When I did, she went down and started trying to bite me. But then he goes, <laughs> she got a hold of me and then shook me a little bit. Then she let go and took a swat at me. And when she swatted me, she knocked me about eight feet over the, on the concrete. It's a 78-year-old man. I mean, could you imagine how wrecked he was getting by this bear? <laughs> and I guess his wife came out and shot at it, and it ran away. But that you live 78 years, and you get fucking... like It's like nature doesn't care that you're old. It's like, fuck you. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> it's like it, there's no consideration. No, it's just you're out there. And I just thought it was so bad as he punched it in the nose, man. All I can think about, I, I had not heard about this story, but all I'm visualizing in my head is the scene from Tommy Boy when Rob Lowe is pissing on that transistor generator thing, yeah. and it like explodes yeah. and blows him back like 25 feet. What does he say? That's a laugh or something that Tommy's <laughs> going to save the company. <laughs> exactly. I was like, maybe he's exaggerating. I'm thinking he got hit and then like just flailed for like eight feet and fell down, which would happen to anybody. If you just took this fucking bear paw to the face, I'm just surprised they like rip his face off. <laughs> a meaty bear paw swat of a grandpa. I'm just picturing. I'm picturing over. now also like you know those 
really old videos where they had no budget for the uh, special effects, and then like they so obviously replaced the human with a body, like in a, a right, stuff, like, like a like dummy. A scare- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I'm just picturing this old man, like your neighbor, seeing him literally flying over the fence, and then he crawls back up over the fence. Like oh, I'm not doing that. Fucking it's a dummy, and like the body's way too still. It's just not how it works. <laughs> or it's flailing so much that it's like obviously fake. I, I got some of my favorite gags in anything. But yes, yeah, so they probably look like that. There's so many levels of metal to that story too because how metal is it? To, this guy's probably been married like 50 years. Him and his wife have fought about the craziest shit and here she comes. Oh, he's out there with the bear. I'm getting my shotgun. You're right. He came to the rescue, man. That's, that's, a, that's, that's a bond right there. It's good teamwork. No doubt. You know, until death do us part and I'll get a shotgun and shoot off a bear if you're fighting it. And right. she's probably like, Damn it, Hank, why are you fighting that bear? <laughs> right, right. He's always got to fight something, you know what I mean? Never knows when to say no. Uh, right, he'll never turn down a fight. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. What state was that in, does it say? In North Carolina. Yeah, it had to be something like that. I was, I was, looking, up for, I was looking at Florida stuff, classic Florida man stories. But uh, they're not really metal. As, well, they are, but they're like people are attempting to do insane and terrible things. So I'm like, I don't want to like glorify it. Like it's metal. It's more like, here's a crazy piece of shit. But, um, <laughs> that's uh, yeah, that fits the bill. That fits the bill down. Don't get me wrong. I love Florida. Not the show in Florida. It's an amazing state. Yep. That looks like genitals. Well, <laughs> right. <laughs> that's a great segment. That is a great story. I think that the bear probably learned its lesson and is not going back to Mr. Jones's house to screw around anymore. Exactly. He, that's the last time. Got embarrassed in front of the, the Cubs and everything. I mean, it was brutal. And he probably loves Iron Maiden. I'm, I mean, how could you not? Exactly. So on that note, since you picked for me the Iron Maiden album, Dance of Death, and I picked for you the album Stone's Reach by Bellacore, what say we do our traditional rock, paper, scissor to decide who's going first? Do you need a couple seconds to collect yourself? I got it. You're ready today. I'm so ready. All right, here it goes. Okay, ready? Ready. Rock. Rock. Paper. paper scissors, scissors. Shoot. Sandbag full of bricks. Flaming scalpel. I thought we were going to do anything you want to do. Oh, Remember that part? Up. Yeah, well, we can, right. still, we can still use I ours. think it still worked out. Yeah, so okay. You have flaming scalpel. Scalp. I mean, that's kind of small. And who's wielding it? It's just laying there on fire? I it's mean, flying bag- through the universe doing its own thing. It's sentient. Oh, okay. Well, that was an element I didn't I didn't know of. Possibly the, murderous. This bag, sandbag full, like a hundred pound sandbag full of bricks. Oh, would a flaming scalpel. Take I think it a scalpel down? probably would not. I think it would just. It would probably stick into one of the bricks, and that's it. If it even penetrated the brick, and it would dull it super quick. Well, it might but, cut the bag open, and then they fall out. But not well if it was sentient. Yeah, well, if it knew where to stab, I can't believe you let slice. me do that. You let me call my scalpel sentient, and your ba- and your bricks are still just normal. <laughs> it just got so unfair so quickly. <laughs> and, of, and you know what? You didn't even say it at the time. You just added it. Later. I know. I'm like, dude, and you want to make your bricks sentient? We can at least have this relatively fair fight. <laughs> <laughs> no, my bricks. Uh, your scalpel is not only sentient, but it's being wielded by Chuck Norris, and my bag right. of bricks is <laughs> right. like. At the bottom of the ocean. I mean, right, I think well, a sentient anything could take a non-sentient. Okay, problem. then, because in Adventure. part, I'm really excited to tell you my thoughts about Dance of Death. I will concede 
defeat yes. and, and allow you to reign victorious today uh, okay. with your sentient flaming scalpel defeating my sandbag full of bricks. Yeah, you're totally inanimate. <laughs> bag of bricks. All right, so that sounds Use- good. Useless gravitational <laughs> stuck bag of bricks. <laughs> right. All right, so so when we get back from our first commercial break, we're going to talk about Dance of Death by Iron Maiden, and I'm going to give it to you honest, like I always do, and I can't wait because I want to hear your reaction to my thoughts. I think you're gonna, I, I think you're going to want to agree with me, but be reluctant. So we'll see how it goes. All right. Okay. All right. We'll be back. All right, guys, I'm proud to share a new sponsor we have with us. It's Valhalla Corporate Retreats. These guys do all kinds of crazy awesome stuff. They got situations set up where James Labrie, the lead singer of Dream Theater, is your golf caddy. You know, if you need to watch out for something that's a little in your way or if somebody's about to get hit by a ball, he'll sing, Four! And then also, Ozzy is your driver because he's going to be hammered drunk potentially killing people, but having some of the best stories you've ever heard. And he'll really inspire you. You and your whole team can apparently go through the mosh pit gauntlet where you're getting piss balloons thrown at you, full beer cans chucked. They're going to have people knocking you down, but you got to help each other up because that's what it's like to be in a pit. And that's what it's like to be in a corporate retreat. You got to learn to help your brother, help your sister, teamwork. Then also they have the crowd surfing competition where you race against your cohort to see if you can get across 20,000 people in a stadium just by their hands as you levitate. Now, some of you who are a little heavy, you might want to try to trim down before the retreat because you don't want to get dropped. If you're over two bills, pushing three, you're usually the lifter. You're not usually the surfer. So get yourself in shape, then call Valhalla Corporate Retreats, get on out there, And let's see you really turn your game to the next level. Turn it to 11. So when you get back, you and your coworkers get back, you can crank out the real work. Valhalla Corporate Retreats. Okay, Philliam, we're back. And it's time to review Iron Maiden, Dance of Death, 2003 album, 11 tracks, I had not heard this album before you told me to listen to it, and I'm I'm not afraid to admit that I am the Iron Maiden fan who knows the hits, has listened to a couple of the albums, Seventh Son of a Seventh Son, Brave New World. I'm real big into those two, but I do not know the whole catalog. I had never heard this album, so I was excited to check it out. So first track, opener, Wildest Dreams, 3 minutes and 52 seconds. Let's take a little snippet listen, and then I'll tell you my thoughts. Quick hitter. Number one opener. 
to me, the beginning seems like he's singing about cocaine. He says he's like feeling invincible and can do anything. Um, but the drums sound like toys. Like they sound like a, the, especially the. <laughs> they kind of sound like toys. Right, yeah. like the 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 tom the tom drums sound like one of those kits you'd get like a nine year old for Christmas. And well, they actually had like the they had a nine year old kid doing it. Oh, it's incredible. <laughs> and then uh, you know the vo- uh, the only thing that I thought was like really that stood out to me was the vocals after about three minutes and ten seconds, like the last forty seconds of the song. The vocals are really cool, but otherwise, I just felt like it was kind of a throwaway. It was just kind of this attempt at a quick hitter, fast energy thing. It didn't stand out to me. I thought it was just very okay. Yep, there's a. Uh, I agree. I think there's a lot of. I love this album, but there is so much filler on it, in my opinion. But I. I just it, the filler grows on me, so I don't mind it. But it is definitely filler. Okay, me. well then you're gonna really appreciate my f- final thoughts <laughs> because <Okay. laughs> we seem to be in line. So, all right, let's ju- let's jump into number two because I there are some gems on here, but I don't want to waste time on the on the uh, the shaft. So he- here's number two. This track is called Rainmaker. Okay, so Rainmaker, three minutes and 48 seconds. Another quick hitter. Angels come to him when he was alone in the desert. Great chorus in this song. Yep. You tell me we can start the rain. You tell me that we we all can change. You tell me we can find something to wash the tears away. I mean, also got some pretty sweet solos uh, in between the two and two minute and 45 second mark. This song is pretty good. I like this song. Yeah, this song um, I think is uh, was a big single. I remember uh, seeing the music video for it like way back in the day, and uh, it may, I think it's what inspired me to buy the album because that's like, it's probably the first. I think it's the first band I ever bought, and I I, I always loved Rainmaker. I thought it was it, it's a quick one, but it, it's so catchy. It's just it's just cool, man. And even if you don't have to slog through it, it's just a quick one. Yep, it's not gonna hang around too long. I like that song. I, in for my money, I would have nixed number one and started the album with Rainmaker. But yeah, that's true. Let's dive into number three, No More Lies. This is where they get back into their traditional Iron Maiden right. seven-minute-plus ways with oh, yeah. track three, No More Lies. I have not listened to every Iron Maiden song that exists, but I think it's almost a guarantee law of the universe that if an Iron Maiden song starts slow and kind of cryptic with an awesome hooky guitar and maybe just like someone tapping a cymbal, it's going to be a great song. I think so too. I, 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 you can tell right away No More Lies is going to be a strong one. 
that just that beginning exactly the calm i have in my notes that the calm guitar opening that you know is going to eventually explode is going to be catchy as hell and then they and they get here into their traditional iron maiden ways there's no vocals for over a minute in and and you know unlike the first two tracks which are like kind of just i don't know straight rock songs in a way i mean they're really pretty much like hair metal kind of they are yeah and then this one uh, at 2:15, he screams "No more lies" with the drum beat, and it just gets stuck in my head. So good, right? It's so good the way he does it. And then at eight, and then at four minutes and 15 seconds, this hooky guitar riff just blows your brain out. And then, oh yeah, few, man. And then a few more badass "No more lies" screams at like uh, 6:45. There's this sweet, fast-paced guitar solo, and then the calm. And this is definitely a top three for me from the album. Oh yeah, good stuff. Uh, I love that he just keeps saying no more lies. It's just so adamant. Um, it's, it's 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 succinct, but it's just so impactful. I love it. It's a great song. And it's three words that are a whole chorus, right? So I mean, it's 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 like surprisingly simple, but then it, it but it's really effective. I think it grows on me because I, I I liked it at first, but then after after probably like the fifth listen, I was like, this song is fucking amazing. So. Yeah. This is definitely one of my favorites, and it was the same way with me. It was a little bit of a grower, not a shower. The first time, I was like, oh, that's cool. But then it would come on on a shuffle, and I would be like, damn, I love the way he sings that No More Lies. Yeah, it's, it's good, man. No doubt. All right, so let, let's go to number four. It is Montsegur. later but i have some thoughts to share from some youtubers about the lyrical content for iron maiden songs and how they're so driven by history and different events oh fuck yeah right big With, time and this is no different this montsegur song is of course about the region of france and it's uh this, this battle that took place there i think this song is really good at 550 i love how he says uh, excuse me this is a five minute and fifty second long song so kind of in between the first two and their traditional longer jams and I just love it he says in the chorus at the gates at the walls on Montsegur blood are the stalls of the citadel <laughs> dude yeah. I never heard a chorus like that when I, heard, I was like what is this And then, I, but I thought it was I just thought it was bold just the way he packs so many words in or just the way he does it I thought it was so unique it, I love it I, it stuck it stuck out to me and it stayed in my head for a long time um, and the beginning is cool too that's a that's a I think a captivating intro that it's just very it just draws you in it's very um, good tempo and they have this kind of sweet chugging guitar riff at like 2 minutes and 48 or so and then the riffage just kind of blows your head off and then they have this un- I thought it was somewhat unusual how they bring the chorus back at the end but with the bridge or verse riff did you notice that how it's like he sings the same chorus lyrics but instead of with the chorus sound he's singing it with the verse sound I guess he knew it was really great and he wanted to sing it in the whole song yeah he was like I'm gonna fucking milk this um, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I don't remember if I I don't know that I noticed that, so I'm gonna have to go back and check it out. Yeah, the, that's cool. The, the way it rounds out is it's he keeps singing the chorus even though the music is not for the chorus. But I, I like that song a lot. I, I think that's in my top three. I can't say for sure, but oh, yeah? it's close. It's scraping at it. Nice. All right, All right. let's go to track five, which is which is the Dance of Death, the title track. It's the eight minute and thirty six second long Biggin. song. It's a biggie. I mean, it's the longest track on the album. And um, let me tell you kind of my thoughts on this one after we hear a few seconds of it. Right on. I've taken the lead on each and every one of these, but we're basically at the midpoint because five songs through, when you're done with Dance of Death, you've had two longer songs, a mid-run song, and two quick ones. You got six left on the back half of the album. Tell me your thoughts when you listen to this whole thing through and you're listening to Dance of Death. Are you getting a little bit like, uh, are you losing interest? I don't no, I like the song. I, it changes a lot. I think the song meanders a little. I'm not sure what they're doing with it, what the dance of death is, um, or why it's happening. But I, this song stays with me pretty much I, the whole way. It keeps me going the whole way. I don't really, I like it. Um, I don't know what he's, like, I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to look at what he's singing about exactly. But um, Like he said, something rushed me from the trees. I love the way he said it. It's creepy. Reminds me a little bit of uh, Fear of the Dark kind of vibes. My so favorite. One, I, I like. This. I have two parts of this song that I really like, and the first is when he says "Wandering over the Everglades" because I like the Florida shout out. And nice. then, and then, you know, even though he's doing that storytelling for like the first three minutes, where it's just that very simple musical sound behind him, basically telling a story, they then start to do that classic Maiden thing, where they mirror, and he sings exactly the same that the riff of the guitar is. And I guess you could call it doubling or mirroring. I'm not sure exactly the, the terminology for it, but only I, I think I've only ever heard Maiden do that. And I definitely think it's like their thing. I don't know if that if they yeah I don't think I don't know if they invented it, but I, that's definitely a signature sound for sure. And it comes back with the best at like seven minutes. So for me, this is it's scraping at my top three. I like it, but I think it's too long, and I would cut down the storytelling at the beginning. If it was a little bit of an intro, and then they got to the guitar riffs and the mirroring and all the sound, you know, the actual song, a little quicker. But you know, I'm sure there are people who are gonna say, "Fuck you!" The whole part of the song, you know, it's, it's got to build off that. Just for me, right. it drawn on a little long. Right, and but honestly, fuck you, because that's the whole point of the song. <laughs> <laughs> Um, nah, man, I totally get it. I I think he's being like, I guess it's talking about appreciating life. He's being shown that you're gonna die by these entities, um, and then they let him go. I, I I thought it was cool. It took me a while to get into that song. I, I listened to so much more of the album, and then one day, for like years after I had it, I started really listening to the song. I loved it. And I was like, what was I doing sleeping on this song for like years? So um, I'm glad I'm glad I gave it a chance. It's the, and it's the title track. So how did that happen? I don't know, but it's a it's a great song. 
Well, and you know, it's this album has to hold a particular place in your heart since it was your first Maiden album. Oh yeah, big time. Uh, yeah, I knew of Maiden. Uh, yeah, everyone knew Run to the Hills, uh, but I didn't really get into them. I you always heard about them. Didn't really get into them until this album. This is my introdu- introduction to uh, Iron Maiden, and it's, it was a little late in the game because they've been around for so long. But I I have sentimental feelings toward the album. Like I really, it's got very nostalgic for me. I really love it. Um, but it's you know I can I can look at it objectively. I feel. And you know we haven't mentioned this, but of course you and I are going to see them on yes. July 18th. Hell fucking yeah. That's right. That is a bucket list item for me, so I'm totally stoked, man. I'm going to lose my shit. Yeah, so it'll be interesting. We'll probably have to do a, a little bit of a debrief. I don't know if we'll do a whole episode on it, but maybe we will uh, based on that you know, that show. But I would be interesting how, it'll be interesting to see how many of these songs from this album make it onto their set list. And I know one for sure, I hope, and we haven't heard it yet. So I'll keep you in suspense. Okay. Awesome. All right, let's go to number six, Gates of Tomorrow, a five-minute and 12-second long song, and let's take a listen. Starts with that bass lick and the repeating guitar sound, building to something you know they're gonna build to. Catchy as shit chorus, and don't you think he sounds a little bit like Axl Rose? <laughs> yeah, I totally get that. Yeah, totally. I think that, um, that trapped in a web. I, I think that uh, No Mercy is shared. Show you the gates of tomorrow. Super freaking catchy. It doesn't hang around too long. It's five minutes and twelve seconds, but it's all building to something on purpose. This is one of my top three. I love this song, man. Uh, I mean, right from the get-go, that guitar, that bam, 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 bam. What I don't know what chords that, that is, but man, that's so that that just brings you right into the song. And I've had people, I've heard people describe this as like a filler kind of song. I'm like, if that's filler, then they fucking do filler perfectly because that song is so good, man. <laughs> it's so fucking catchy. <laughs> like, Signed I mean, it's just filler great. Album. <laughs> <laughs> right, man. Like, shit. Yeah, that's like that's a really good one, man. I don't know. If, that's I don't even know if I thought about what my top three are on this album because I just don't even know if I could pick one. I was, um, but God, I, you could make a strong case for that one easily. Well, let's go to the next one that is definitely not in my top three. Go ahead, let's do it. The next one is called New Frontier. Okay, Phil, here, here's here's where I'm going to give you the cold, hard facts on this album. This is track number seven. 
Yeah. Track track number eight is the biggest problem on this album because it's so fucking great. By this time that I'm on this song, I'm like that kid at Disney World in line like, can we get on this fucking ride already? Because <laughs> yeah. all I want to do is hear Passchendaele. I don't yep. want to listen to New Frontier ever again. I want to hear Passchendaele right now. So Yeah, it's like... Go ahead, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, and I don't even think New Frontier is a terrible song. It just doesn't even fucking compare to what it's sandwiched between. It, it, it's exa- just like, that's what the are problem, you doing dude. That, exactly. That is the problem. I, I'm listening to this. It's by this point in the album where I'm just like, uh. It's like two great buns and like a fucking turd. Not, it's not a turd. <laughs> that's a little <laughs> dramatic. But <laughs> two great buns and like a very mediocre. I don't even know what meat. Yeah, like, an, overco- <laughs> like, an overcooked burger in the middle, and you're just like, oh, God. Right. And, like, delicious brioche bun. Like, it's just, man, this could be amazing. Um, yes. But it's not terrible. It's edible. But it's not. Right, it's, right. It's, it does not compare, man. Yes. I agree with you. And, you know, I don't want to spend a ton of time belaboring it because it's, I don't want to beat up on the track. I mean, New Frontier, it's okay. It's Maiden. It's not, you know, garbage. But I just I find it very distracting to stay focused on this song because the next song we're gonna hear is called Passchendaele, and I don't know, dude. I think this song might be one of my top three favorite Maiden songs, period, of all albums. Oh yeah, I, wow. I love this song. So it's a great one. Let's hear well, a, a let's... couple seconds of Passchendaele. Hmm. In a foreign field he lay, lonely soldier, unknown grave. On his dying words he prays, tell the world of Passchendaele. The first time I heard this song, and I had never heard this song, I never heard any of these songs before you had me listen to this album. The first time I listened to this song, I was like, damn, this song is fucking awesome. Is this, is this your favorite song on the album or no? Um, it is one of my favorites. I would, it's, I still don't know. I like Dance of Death a lot. And I also like um, Age of Innocence for whatever reason. It's not even that long or epic, but it, I always loved Age of Innocence a lot. So it's probably, in the, if I had to make a top three right now on the spot, I would put it in there. But it's a great, great song. That mysterious, creepy opening. It gets epic. I think it's about World War One. Yes. I think yeah, Passchendaele is a... Yep. Right. Like a battle, right? Yep. And so... Yeah. For me, for me um, from the beginning, you know the shit is going to light up because they just have that... I mean, it's so classic made in that way that they do the catchy guitar just... you. Like I said earlier in this review... If they're going to do just a guitar and maybe a little dancing on the cymbals, it's going to explode into some awesome shit. And, yeah. and that's and that what happens chorus. Here. Chorus is so good, too, man. It's like, it's so fucking soaring and just awesome. It's like tragic. It's just a great... It, it makes you interested in the history. You know, that's what's so cool about them. They really get you into looking up things that you, you know, that, that have happened that you probably wouldn't necessarily learn about or stay, you know, or you might learn about it, but not really focus on it. 
So I, I really like them as a uh, sort of an intro to like really good world history. And the and the imagery of the word they're lyrically impressive too because the imagery when he just sings laying low in a blood filled trench you're just like yep. God think about that shit trying to keep cover in a blood filled trench right and he says kill him till my very own death just resigned to the fact that he's gonna die and he's just you know he's just in a war that and his only goal is to like just kill people until he dies like what. What a what an insane last couple last moments or last however long the guy lives throughout the you know the story in the song, just insane. Two incredibly so, but, average white dudes running a podcast really don't know shit about being in a blood-filled trench. <laughs> I know exactly it, right. It's like I'm so comfortable right now. I am I am very clearly not in a blood-filled trench or anything close to it, and I've never <laughs> have been so. Holy shit. Yeah, it's if, if I'm uncomfortable, I go to the wall and push a button and it gets colder. Right. Now, this guy's in a blood-filled trench, just trying to kill as many people as he can so he doesn't, like, fail to do his, his like, morbid job, you know? It's just fucking insane. It's crazy. And, and, you know, about I, I want to spend the most time on the song because I love this song so much. But totally. But I, I don't know if you had the, the experience that I have that the way it kind of flows... Um, at a minute and 45 seconds, they start to kind of wind down the guitar and bass doubling, and then his vocals come in, and it's just super fucking cool. And then there's three guitar riffs all mirroring and layering at like three minutes and 40 seconds. And then at four minutes and 40 seconds, they just the, the whole table drops out. Like the bottom just drops out of the song, and you think it's over, but no, it's not over. We're coming out of yeah. <laughs> And then the I was just thinking about that earlier today. The breakdown's like dun 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 I just think it's just so fucking good, man. I love this song. Yeah, it's a great, great song. I mean, and it's just such a portrait of like human cruelty, and it's just a tragedy. It's a beautiful tragedy, you know. As a, oh, as a song, it just and it just punches you in the face, and then it's like, oh, it's chill. It's you know, it's, it's mysterious, and it's like psych, and it kicks you in the nuts. <laughs> So, <laughs> get your shit together. Love Bam. It. I know. We thought this was over. All right. So, did so. you have that same experience that I mean? Because it sounds like you like it, but you don't love it necessarily to stand out head and shoulders. For me, it's head and shoulders the best track on the album. It, it, it sounds like it didn't stand out to you in that same way. Was there ever a period? I think most people think that. What you, I think most people that I've like seen talk about the song or this album would say what you're saying. I think it's it seems like it's decidedly or by consensus the best song on the album to me it's it's one of the best. i loved it when i heard it i thought it was great catchy epic uh you know i played over and over again no doubt it didn't even have to really grow on me especially because that intro at the, as soon as i heard that i was like well this is gonna be great the and fir- uh the, the first time i put this on i don't mind telling you the first time i put this album on i replayed that song three times in a row yeah it, it's a fucking great one so um yeah but i but i just there are other ones that i also like a lot so it, so i think uh it's probably up it's top three but i don't know if i'd say it's head and shoulders like you said but like i said a lot of people feel that way so understandable right, well, let, totally. let's check out the back three songs on the album face in the sand is track number nine let's check that out all right
Okay, let me give it to you straight here. Real hard act to follow after P-Dale. You, you, yeah, it is. You know, and they don't have any vocals until two minutes in. So yeah. So you go from this soaring epic of Passchendaele, and then it's just this kind of morose two minutes of music. <laughs> just, kind of, just kind of stumbles along. But it, it does have a cool riff. Um, I think right before they uh, sing. Um, that I that I think is probably the highlight of the song, though. I did, I don't I never really loved Face in the Sand. It's not like I said. It kind of reminds me of New Frontier. It's not bad at all, but not really something I'm gonna point to and go, oh my god, you gotta check this album out because they have a song called Face in the Sand. Right. You know, I would say, you know, I would recommend easily Passion Day or Dance of Death or some other songs before it. But it's it's fine. To its credit, I like the guitar solo near the end, and they have this kind of chant singing in unison where several people are layering over one another, which is sound is pretty cool. But it really mm-hmm. ends very weakly. Did you notice that about this song? It's almost like they didn't know how to end it. It just kind of stops. I, I feel like they um, a couple of songs in this album, they don't end like that per se, but they have this meandering sort of ex- experimental is the word, but maybe sort of like, yeah, we're kind of not sure what to do with it, and they just kind of drop it when, it's, when they're done with it. So I, that, I feel like uh, yeah, got Yeah, that, that was this song to a T for me. I mean, it was just going and going and then you know it's over and i was just like well that's it's a tough act to follow after passiondale regardless but this to me was a filler song yep so let's it's not one that you people talk about much you know what i mean no it did not stand out to me for any particular reason but let's go to age of innocence because this is one of those that you uh, love i know i heard you say so i'll tell you my thoughts in just a moment let's check out number 10 age of innocence Remember how I said that track six, Gates of Tomorrow, was in my top three because it didn't waste any time. There was no dead air, for lack of a better term, and it just kind of always had a purpose. The part that bothers me about this song is you go, this again, they have this kind of storyteller beginning with the minimalist music behind, which, okay, I get it. And it has a really cool chorus that's catchy as shit when they say, we only get one chance, can we take it? We only get one life, can't exchange it. But I think the verses are dull, and the... At like four minutes in, I, I've I got it. I don't know why I feel that way about this song, um, but I just—it's six minutes and ten seconds. The gates of tomorrow is five minutes and twelve seconds. I think that's the recipe for this song. They should have shaved this one down. It would have been a damn good song. But for me, it was just mediocre because of the length. Yeah, it's a it's a little longer. I don't mind it because I like all of it. But yeah, I don't think it's unreasonable to say it could have. You could shave some time off. I feel that way a little bit about Monsignor too, where it's like, I like this, but it's like, eh, it doesn't need to be that long. But um, I just love the beginning, man. I think the, it's a it's a really intriguing, groovy kind of guitar. Fucking, uh, he's like pissed off. He's sort of indignant, you know, the whole time. I think it's a cool sort of rallying song. Um, just, yeah, I always liked it. 
is a little long. It's six minutes, but uh, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have a problem with it. But I could see why you might want it to be a minute or two well, shorter. Well, it's a classic example of why your musical tastes are not worth much. So people shouldn't put any value in it. Exactly. It's like this is this is the problem. Right? <laughs> when people ask me why you suck, I'm gonna. This is gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> Look no further than Age of Innocence. <laughs> all right, let's let's go to the last track, Journeyman, and then I'm going to oh, okay. kind of wrap it all up. I think I have a perfect summary for you for this album, okay? All right, awesome. seven minutes and six seconds long it has a nice acoustic guitar opening with the light drums and bass and even a little violin accompaniment which i think that sounds really neat and, and pretty um it's i think it's a cool song he sings i know what i want i'll say what i want and no one can take that away i think it's powerful but you know kind of slowed down i think it's a good placement on the last track of the album because it's approachable that's what i kind of put down as the word for this song. It's an approachable song and a nice conclusion to the album. But it's still too long. There's still It is too long. There's filler in it. And yep. and you know, um Maiden just you know they've been kicking ass a long time and I'm super stoked to see them. But it just kind of sometimes feels like they're just farting around on the instruments and like, you know, not knowing when to wrap it up. I I I do like the song. I took a while uh, for it to grow on me and um, the only complaint I ever had was that it's kind of too long it, it just kind of keeps saying that and it doesn't really change and it's not that it's I mean we we sort of praise that with No More Lies where it keeps saying it but um, I don't know it just it, it kind of it kind of just wears and you're like alright yeah. so I kind of I kind of just like stop listening to, like probably in the last minute yep I'm like alright we get it not that it's bad. It's like what you know when it when the whole rest of the song is really good. Just yeah, it just drags. All right. So then, he, are you ready for my ultimate synopsis? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Overall, it's definitely not my favorite Maiden album in the sense of Brave New World and Seventh Son of the Seventh Son. Those have just I think like hit after hit after hit after hit after hit, and I I love those albums. This one to me is a peak and valley. Yeah, that makes sense. I can see that totally. If I had it my way, here's how I would have made it a great album. I would have reordered the album in the following way. First song, Passchendaele. Track two, No More Lies. Track three, Passchendaele. Track four, then go then uh, Gates of Tomorrow. Then track five, I would do just the first five minutes of Journeyman. Track six, right. Passchendaele again. Track seven, Montsegur. Track eight, Dance of Death. And then track nine to round it all out would be Passchendaele. <laughs> right. Or like right, nine, 10, 11 would be Pash, N, and Dale. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think I looked at the length of the songs 
And in what I just told you, it would still have been a shorter album if we played Bashendale four times. <laughs> and, oh, wow. And, fi- and five of the actual good songs. To me, uh, this album, it should be called Passchendaele. I think it should be called, the, that should be the title track. Um, and they should just change their name to Passchendaele. <laughs> <laughs> Iron Passchendaele. Exactly. <laughs> like with that, that should be now the new middle name in quotation marks. Right. Iron Passchendaele Maiden. So also, you know, before we leave this, can we please for a minute talk about the cover? Because is it just it's me? so bad? Is it shit? It's the shittiest it's cover ever. Terrible. I was trying to be like neutral when I described it before. I was like, it looks like it's something out of the '90s, but it is a ridiculous cover. And most, and especially compared to all their other ones, which are usually really fucking good. And it's it's universally maligned. Everyone talks about how terrible this cover is. If you just look it up, and everyone's like, yeah, it's. It's a pretty good album, but it looks ridiculous. The only thing I can possibly think is that somebody in the band's kid or wife was like, please let me make a cover for you guys. And they were like, yeah. oh, okay, fine. And, and Yeah, and they're, they're like, we're made and we can get away with this shitty cover. <laughs> exactly. Do we, do we really need to even give a shit? Because it's so ridiculously bad. And everybody who's listening to this right now, please... Click on our webpage or click on the links or click on Twitter or Facebook, whatever. We'll post the, the link to the album, of course. But it's just a picture of the Grim Reaper that looks pretty cool. And then a whole bunch of just like shitty Sims looking characters with face masks, half naked, looking like they're at some sort of ball or a function. And some of them are small, like actual children in a they fighting like mannequins. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just a really fucking weird cover. And I don't know if it's trying Here's to the- go ahead. Okay, here's the subreddit for it's the subreddit is crappy design, and it said uh, Iron Maiden's 2003 album Dance of Death was great, but the album art looks like it was designed by a middle school computer class. And then um, it got, I was like, it was 2003, didn't everything look like that? But no, it didn't. Uh, especially because they <laughs> they made so many other really good ones. Um, yeah, just it looks like okay. Apparently, it's an unfinished version of it. Which I don't even know if you finish that and make it look better, because what are you what are you going for? I don't think a there's dance a, of death. I yeah. get. I don't think there's a way to come back from it. If it's supposed to be hell, I mean, I, I just it, it's lost on me, it and I thought it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how you really feel? Right. Yeah, the cover uh, it, they got all these so things. Bad. There's so many articles about like worst album cover of all time. <laughs> and it's on there. It <laughs> they're one of the, it's like. It was like, let's argue about Iron Maiden album art at metalsucks.net, which, yeah. But, um, but yes, it's, it's universally understood to be just hilariously bad. When you bought it, were you, were you, I mean, why did you buy this one when there are so many others <laughs> and the album covers are so much better? Because album art back way, you know, in 2003 era, which was not as easy to get on the internet and, you know, you didn't have your cell phone connected to the internet and it was just kind of, you went into record and tape traders and you looked around and you thought that something was cool. The, the art meant something. It was really, it had an impact. At least it did on me. How did you see this and think, yeah, this is the one? <laughs> I don't know, man. I just, I knew I liked Rainmaker and I always, I always heard Iron Maiden was good. So I was like, <laughs> I was like, fuck it. It looks ridiculous, but I'm going to buy it. I just, I don't know. It just didn't really matter to me. I knew it was bad. I just didn't care that much. Um, and I just, I was so into that song Rainmaker and I just figured it was going to be a good album, um, sound wise. God, look at the fucking, the wolf and the little baby on it. It's so fucking standing on its back. (laughs) This is a lesson for any girl listening to this podcast that all you got to do to impress Phil is look fucking retarded and then you'll be absolutely accepted by Phil instantly. 
You'll do, yes, just, if you, yeah. Hey, I don't judge a book by its cover. Don't judge an, judge an album by its cover. You are clearly a man of your word in that regard because this one, to me, it, I'm telling you right now, if I had seen this in Record Tape Traders in 2003, I would have thought, this is not a Maiden album. Some motherfucker came in here and put some sort of like drawing that they did in a, in a CD case and sat it on the shelf, and I can't even believe that this has not been caught yet by the people in this establishment. The the fucking um the death guy is Passchendaele and the rest of it is like New Frontier or just like, <laughs> exactly. just some song that's not even Iron Maiden it, just some bad it's like Full Moon Hot Sun all over the album until you see Passchendaele standing in the middle of it. A great throw shout out to Full Moon Hot Sun by Captain Beefheart. Anybody wants a good laugh? Check out Full Moon Hot Sun Captain Beefheart. <laughs> I don't understand what that's about, but I love every second of it. <laughs> Awesome. All right. Well, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to start our new segment where we, in between review of albums, we're going to talk about our favorite YouTube commenters about the respective albums we had to review. So we're going to dive into the YouTube review section after we come back from break, and then we'll jump into Bellacore, Stone's Reach. Are you ready to review that one, Phil? Oh, yeah, totally. All right, great. When we come back, it's on. Okay, Phil, we're back from break, man. I want to kick it over to you for the YouTube segment. Give us your, what did you find? Okay, so mine's in Bellacore. It happens a little bit into the album. Um, but I'm just looking through, because I love reading comments. Uh, I love, because you, know, you never know what's going to happen, right? You're going to see arguments. You're going to see praise. This guy, this comment starts off nice and normal and innocuous, but takes a turn. Uh, he goes, um, they're not human. I just got back from having sex with my wife, and it wasn't nearly as good as this. <laughs> And then some guy says, <laughs> like, you're reading, because it's full of just, like, normal-sounding praise. And this guy's like, they're not human, you know. Like, it sounds like it's going to be really nice. And then you're like, oh, what? And then some guy's like, give me a shot at your wife. And then this other guy says, go right ahead. I promise listening to the album is more enjoyable. And he laughs. And then, hold on. And this guy goes, nonsense, she's fantastic. And then, la, 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 congrats on the sex. Try both. I'm still coming. That's pretty pathetic. <laughs> I love someone to try both. I'm still coming. I love that somebody congratulated him on the sex. <laughs> yeah, yes, congrats Even on the sex. Even though it was less impressive than the album, he's still congratulating. <laughs> right. So what? You still got laid, right? Still Right, exactly. Uh, I thought that was good. Still counts. What's, what song was that for? I can't... It's like the album is... The whole thing is on YouTube. Okay, got so it. So I can't... Um, I can't... I should, I should have said I don't remember what I was listening to when I was um, when I read that. So it was probably some- all right. Well, yeah. I got one for you, and of course, I, this comes from the Passchendaele comments because that's like the one I watched over and over and over and over. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the number one comment was history teacher colon How much do you know about history? Me colon I listened to Iron Maiden and Sabaton. Teacher colon My work here is done. <laughs> nice. I think that's so true because Iron Maiden all you need. probably taught me more about history than I've ever cared to learn in the past. Fuck yeah. They sing about things I definitely didn't learn. And then my, my favorite comment, so that was the highest rated, but my favorite comment is this ridiculous one. And you know how it's yes. going to be. Whenever somebody's got an absurd username, you're like, oh yeah, this is so obviously sensationalist. But let's hear what Decrapitator 666 <laughs> has to say. Yes. Okay. 
This is awesome. Anyone who disagrees performs rim jobs on homeless lepers. That's n- <laughs> that's not an opinion. It's actual documented fact. <laughs> Gosh. I mean, he sounds like he knows what he's talking about. And there, Should you question a guy who's that certain? Right. Would you question a man named Decrapitator666? <laughs> no. That guy knows his shit. And... It got three hundred oh and f- it got three hundred and four thumbs ups. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. I fucking love it so much. Um, the best is the the names, man. Because I I think it'd be funny if you ever did a bit or someone did a bit where they're like they're re- they're getting this like really amazing life advice online. Just read the comment. They don't really look at, it. and then they go up and they, you know guys talking about hey you know stay positive. Things are gonna be okay. And he looks up at the name of something like, you know, Shitstain420. And you're like, thanks, Shitstain420, for the, for the amazing life advice. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I always thought that'd be a great bit, man. Um, I'm really, I'm, I really like, don't know where to go with this weighty life choice, Decrapitator666. What do you think? <laughs> right. Yeah, that's definitely a guy you could take really important advice from. <laughs> awesome. You should make major life decisions after input from the crapitator. <laughs> All right. Well, we we heard my thoughts. I went through great pains to give you a thorough review on Iron Maiden. You did. It was a great review, man. Thanks. I th- I'm glad you. I'm glad you really liked Passchendaele and a couple other songs because I wasn't sure what you were going to make of it, but um. I'm really glad you're into a lot of it. So now I ask you, and I, my hopes are high. I won't lie. I'm at my request for you was to take a deep dive into Stone's Reach, and we should say that I think if all the stars align, we're going to have some of these fellas join us from Australia and talk about their new album coming That's up, be awesome. which is so cool. But yeah. I want to hear your thoughts on the 2009 release, which is the second studio album from Mellow Death band Bellacore, and I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, but I want to hear your thoughts. The, f- yeah. the first song is called Venator. Let's listen to some of it and then we'll get your intake. Okay. So I had some, um, I had a lot of thoughts about this song. This song took me a little bit to get into. It probably took me about three listens for whatever reason. I kind of thought it was just, I don't know, I never really, nothing jumped out to me. But once I really started appreciating it, I really, I love the, like, like the jazzy kind of guitar in the beginning. And I um, really like where he says, I stalked up in the shadows. And the way he says shadows is like, shadow. It reminds me of the guy from Agalodge. Mm. He's like, shadows. It's whispery, creepy. Really like that a lot. Um, he does it a couple times. Uh, oh my! I thought there was a line where it goes, "His giblet eyes surveyed me," which I think is funny. But uh, <laughs> but I th- this, I think the song's about like a dog killing somebody. Vetator means hunter, I think, in like Latin. I looked it up, and um, I guess it's about a hunter going after a dog who gets or like a beast that's canine and that kills him. It's a pretty metal fucking subject. Um, there's a really cool, like, plucky kind of ending to it. 
So it ends, um, and all of their songs, I think, end really well. And this song in particular ends pretty fucking heavy. I like it. So when you say it took a little while to grow and it didn't really stand out to you, were you expecting this kind of an album or were you surprised? Because to me, it's a very... What's the word I'm looking for? Where it kind of fills the spaces, not ambient, but it's just kind of like an experiential thing. You kind of have to take it all. Yeah. The all maybe that piece. I of think it. that's right. Yeah, I, I think um, maybe the beginning. I maybe I just kind of felt like it was slow, and the, I don't know. It just it doesn't change to me as much. And it probably really does now that um, you know that I really think about it. But it just didn't it didn't jump. It none of the changes really struck me because they they change riffs all the time. Which I think is so cool because they do it so well. But um, I just, just I don't know. I just didn't really um, think to myself, "Oh wow, that, that that part's amazing." Until like the third listen, and now I really like it. I'm not really sure. I just didn't feel it until that third time. It's like a striking a flint. It didn't catch fire until. Had you ever heard of these guys before? I had suggested them to you. Um, no, I don't think okay, I have. Cool. I don't think. Cool. All right, then let's check out From Scythe to Scepter, second track. Yeah. Um, love that great op- that opening riff. I think it's great. Um, that's the I, I remember thinking, oh, this is better. Like I listened to track one, I was like, yeah, this jumped out right away. Um, I love that riff. I think this is probably my favorite guitar work on the album. It's definitely a top three song. Nice. It's probably my favorite song. This is my favorite song too. Uh, You're the fucking man. Really awesome. Yes, man. It's a it's fucking great. There's a there's a distorted part after he says the world around me is dying and it's just so bleak and just sludgy and it's so fucking good um there's uh some good acoustic parts uh i feel like the lyrics are it's like telling death someone death is telling somebody that it changed that they wasted their lives like he says like shattered crowns so swiftly fragile as the scythe they're sort of chasing titles superficiality none of of it's gonna matter you know because everyone's going out the same way um or everyone's gonna be dead at some point and uh just the fucking metal um subject matter and just just the really atmospheric yes. you know they're really atmospheric I, that's why I don't know if I would consider them mellow death I kept seeing that and they're more like Opeth to me than they are something from Gothenburg or something like that you know what I mean and uh, so I would I would consider more like progressive death um, but they you are melodic that part, you said where the world is dying around me two sentences later it says where you are now I was once yeah Exactly. It's uh, and I think that even is a reference to something that's written in catacombs. I think in France and like these graves. It's either France or Italy. I don't remember. But um, and basically it's like I was alive too, and I'm dead, and you're gonna be dead. Right. <laughs> like it's just maybe appreciate your life. Don't take things for granted. That's where I would take that message. Um, pretty fucking cool, man. Right. In the riff behind that, when he says where you are now, I once was, is just so freaking. I just I love that song, man. They do so much um, catchy guitar work. It's just one it's one riff after another, man. It's just doesn't stop. Yep. 
All right, are you ready to go on to Outlive the Hand? Yeah, for sure. Track three, Outlive the Hand. Okay, so I thought the intro was cool. It's like focused and intense. Um, there's something like 90s grungy about this album in parts, and that is one of them. I don't know exactly how to describe that. It almost reminds me of like Creed, which I, someone might, I guess could be offended by that, but I, I would like Creed. But um, the first, like at least Creed's first album. There's, it's, some, it's got some sort of like this sort of um, solitude, this loneliness, and uh, this echoey kind of grungy feel. Um, I think there's a cool piano part in this, and... I like when he says, uh, there's a choppy part after he says, she stares as if recalling. And I think it's really catchy and upbeat. Um, and I think this song's probably about lasting legacy. That's, how, that's, what I, that's the note I had. It says, she sits where childhood memories lie, above, beside, within them. The carvings have outlived the hand, which bled to first begin them. So I guess the carvings are something you made that, I guess, outlived the person. So it's about a legacy, I think, of, of, of whatever, of all people, I guess, or telling people they can make their legacy. Um, I think it's my it's a top three song for me as well. Um, it's just really, really intense. Um, it's like pseudo-positive. A lot of the songs in this album are like, you could take positive things from them, even though they're really fucking intense. Um, and this is where I started noticing that I feel like after every quatrain, if you will, every four-line stand is it'll change. into a, Like there's a pattern to the changes of the riffs. I mean, obviously there's a pattern, but there's a distinct one here and um i think it's cool i think it's it's like a um it's a really good foundation you know that for the, it's like those guys knew how they're gonna how they're gonna make this album or how they're gonna make all their albums and they stuck to it and it, it, i think it, it's really organized i've been wanting so. to ask you the you know contrasting <clears throat> george cosmos is the is the name of the vocalist for bellacore and of course we heard from a legend bruce dickinson in the first half of this episode this is all no clean singing but how does yep. how does the vocals stand out to you? For me, I think they're incredibly impressive in the sense that they're clear, they're audible, they're understandable, but deep as hell. Yes, they are definitely discernible, which I like more than I I, I just like I like knowing what I'm hearing. So I I think they are really fucking good. They're they're they have that sort of Gothenburgy kind of like it's a it's a it's a clear it's a um understandable growl but it yeah the the depth to it i think is kind of surprising it um they remind me a little bit of like i said the guy from agalach but i think i can understand them better than the guy from agalach uh so i there's a lot it's a particularly brutal singing um which i think is impressive considering that you can actually hear what he's saying he's a really 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 good vocal so we're three tracks in and, and number one was your from scythe scepter this is number two so i'm interested to see where your number three is going to fall in because we still have five tracks left so let's oh, yeah. let's go to sun's delusion and i'll give you a heads up this is one of my favorites sun's delusion is in my top three so let's take a listen and see your okay. thoughts okay 
song. Really like that riff a lot. Um, I think I, I, there's a part where he says uh, "former of years aside," and it's kind of it, it like comes back. It's recurring. I think it's really really fucking catchy. Um, it's I think the song is about like having to kill someone. If he says like "grand signs assail me, temptation yields ascent." As iron carves the sand, a roof brings freight upon him, anguish price for laurels, veins burnt by hatred, and premonitions. Um, Manus consumed him, or consumed me. He says, unsanctified, I care nothing for their way. Yet a father's plea dragged mercy from me. So it's like, if he had to protect somebody or something. Um, uh, it's pretty fucking intense subject matter again, which I like. This, this is a really intense band, but most metal bands are, I guess. Yeah, but, but, um, there, but there are many metal bands that are super intense, but not nearly as intellectual. I think that this... That's true, too. Yeah, this is... Yeah. This is an intellectual yep. band in the sense that the lyrics are challenging, they're highbrow, the, the verb... You can tell this is not a group of dummies. These guys are smart guys. Yeah, it, it, that's, I kind of struggle to understand exactly the meaning of all the, the songs, and that's not because they're like nonsense just because the it's po it's poetic it's poetry yes. you know it's it's it can mean a lot of different things so um this song is no exception and it's a it's a it's catchy I, it, it hits pretty fucking hard too that opening riff is real good yep. that's one of your top three definitely how about you uh no but i like it a lot okay cool well let's let's go on because i'm interested to hear what your favorite your third favorite is next one is called okay. it's the fifth track on the album Held in Hollows. So, this song I thought was demonstrated some serious brutality from that guy. Um, I almost say the most because the way he comes in with those, are, it's so fucking deep and legit. Um, kind of sounds like I, th I said an entity destroying herself because I gave it like a female uh, pronoun, and it said uh, and someone else in order to create something. So it's like, but a tithe to the wind, his his frail grasps clawed for the moon and then came undone. When all hope fails in the last broken bow, her strength will be gone. And then they, later they say, but everything changes in destruction she will create. So I, I think it's a really lyrically strong album, or song album, definitely, but song in particular. Um, and it has a really cool fast part where the drums and cymbal kind of come in, uh, but the cymbal does this weird fast-paced kind of thing that I think is uh, uh, definitely unique, and I really like that. Um, it's a it's a it's a good song. It's a really good song. What did you think about it? I love I love this whole album. I really this was my first entree to these guys, and when I heard this album, I was impressed by it. It just had a heaviness that was more than the sound. It was the combination of the art, the the lyrics, the sound of the vocals. It just gave to me a feeling of heaviness beyond. I guess it's the sum of the the parts is more than their individual pieces because the whole of it sure. just felt like heavy, just kind of crushingly heavy. And they have a new album or newer called Vessels that I think is probably every bit as good. Um, but cool. I love every track on this album, so I'm a I'm a tough judge. Mm -hmm. 
And I wanted to ask you, we're now five songs in. Not one of them is less than seven minutes except Scythe the Scepter by only two seconds. So they're all long songs and three of the five or eight and a half or longer. So are you feeling at this time like the album is, is drawing on or are you kind of, is it not bothering you? Tell me your thoughts on the length. Uh, yeah. Generally speaking, I like things around f- like less than five minutes for whatever reason, attention span, but I still won't judge a, a song or an album that's full of songs um, that are longer than, than six or seven minutes just because they are. It's about how it's done. And I don't really think this um, this album is um, one that drags. I think it's keeps your attention the whole time. So I don't really have an issue with that. It kind of reminds me of Unleash the Archers. A lot of really long songs there, but it just they keep you going. They don't really drag. They don't repeat that much. They might recur, but they mix in a lot of other things. So I think it's it keeps your attention pretty easily. So I didn't have a problem with the length. Cool. Because I was critical, of course, of Iron Maiden kind of filling in, but this to me is very different. This is much more no they know exactly what they're doing and yeah yeah much more progressive and purposefully shifting exactly so yeah there's a clear intent i had yeah no issues with the length all right let's go to the next track number six the shortest on the album two minutes and 47 seconds it's called husks Yeah, Husky's a good one. Um, I always love an acoustic instrumental. Got no problem with it. Um, it's uh, it's a palate cleanser type song for me. You know, you get all this heavy, long type stuff. You get a short little peaceful interlude. I like it a lot. I mean, not a whole lot to say about it. it it's serene. It'll, you know, cause some introspection. Um, but just nice. I, I, I liked it. What did you think? Neat how they add that kind of church bell. You know, that kind of added a layer of echo and, and kind of space and size and grandiosity to it yeah there's a lot of um it makes you feel small there's a lot of solitude sort of vibes yeah. um and it, yeah there's a lot of that and that sound generally i think is present on the album it's just obviously when there's no singing and it's an acoustic it, it's it's ramped up a bit yeah but the the vibe of the album is this almost kind of solitude and just this this weight of life and and the human experience and this i think even without words fills that perfectly definitely it's kind of like you know it's it's like just being in awe of like i think you use the word grandiosity of things it's it's like not helplessness but kind of like the universe is going to do what it does and you're just kind of going to observe it really yep (laughs) like yep all right, let's check out the penultimate track called Aspect. It's five minutes and 51 seconds long. Here it goes. Okay.
I really like the orchestra in the background. That da, 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 da. Um, and I love how it picks right back up um, with the tempo. Just dun, 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 um, you know, for the album. I think it's pretty damn strong. I think the song's about death being the end of the suffering that is life. It says, in silence we last, the peace we always wanted, we cease to be. So I, it's just, a, I think, a, a statement on how life is suffering and how the only true peace is death. Um, ends with a great solo. There's a yell after he says, drift down gently, which is so fuck cool. Um, I think it sounds, yeah, or like a, like maybe even a friend that lost someone. Um, but it's just a, it's a really pretty song to me, even though it's really heavy and crunchy. Um, so, what you, you haven't said your third. Is, is this your third or is the next one? No, my my third's the last yeah, one. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of figured as much because the last one is fucking great. But I know I was like, God damn. Yeah, th- this is uh, so not in any way a bad song, but I don't have a tremendous amount to add. It's a great, it's a good song, but I definitely think the meat of the album that from Scythe to Scepter, Outlive the Hand, and Sun's Delusion, those three back to back to back are so strong that um, yeah, you know, th- this one's a good one. But those are like you know gems, and then of course they wrap it up with Countless Skies, which is fucking awesome. So let's check out Countless Skies, and I want to hear your thoughts on that song, and the, the and then wrap up the album entirely. Definitely. So I really that part you just heard that dan 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 then it goes dan dan dan. They do that a heavier version of it later on, and I think that is such a great fucking riff, man. Um, the lyrics are cool too. He says it says countless times below me rivers rose and fell. Then it'll jump to like countless skies above me, each unlike the next. Basically, I think this song is about a universal constant. Doesn't matter what comes and goes. This thing's always going to be there. It's like the ocean or so, I don't know what exactly but maybe life or death or whatever it's it's just it's a constant and it's, it's sort of like outliving everything else and uh, again it, it speaks to the sort of the grandiosity that they're sort of they're sort of putting forth or they're sort of conveying um, with their lyrics I, I think it's fucking cool it's very poetic um, this, out, this album has so much intensity and it's so pretty at the same time as you really think um and the musicianship, especially on the song, is so fucking good. I love that riff, man. For me, when I listen through the whole album and I get to this song, I am, by the end of this song, I'm kind of like, not, uh, if the, I don't know if the word is exactly contemplative, but I'm just thoughtful and thinking and feeling and somehow at the conclusion of this song, I'm feeling I have to listen to the CD again. It just makes me want to do the whole thing over because this song is the epitome of the highlights of the whole album itself. It's got all those ebbs and flows and peaks and valleys and the changes, the turns, the the weightiness, the heaviness, Definitely. all of it, but also the beauty. And I think it's a perfect ending song. So I'm not at all surprised yeah. to hear this when you're top three. Yep, it's got that echoey, that like that sort of solitude building feeling. Uh, 
Yeah, it's. It, it, I think you'd want to listen to the album again. I feel like because um, it's almost like solving a mystery. You know what exactly are they saying? I mean, it's it's sort of clear they're alluding to I think the universe and and how, you know how big things are and how how um, sort of uh, perpetual they are. Uh, certain elements, but you want to know exactly what, or what? Maybe you can get a glimpse and know what inspired that. You know, um, so it's 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 an album that makes you think, which I like a lot. It's, it's sort of a challenging album, but yeah, musically though, it's fucking catchy and it's just great. And if I had to think of a um, one-word summary, which I don't have to think of one, but if I had to, you I do, would call dude. it text. I know textbook. It's textbook progressive death metal, in my opinion. It's exactly how. It should sound. It's layered so well. Um, it's it does not drag ever. It is constantly catchy. There, it's, it's so deliberate. So I think it's just it's it's the epitome of what progressive should be. So I would say this is a textbook progressive death album. If they might not even say they're progressive, they, uh, people keep calling them melodic. Those aren't really necessarily different. But I would call this progressive as much as it's melodic. So it sounds like you like it. I mean, is that fair to say that? Oh, yeah. It's a great fucking album. Hell yeah. And one thing we didn't talk about on bo- both of these albums we reviewed today is the production is top-notch on both. I mean, the, the clarity of all the pieces and the layering and the totally. instrumentation. It's just both really, really well-done albums. So there was no distraction there, which is great. Yeah, yeah, it, it's yeah, really well done. They're just—they're a really good band, man. I'm glad you recommended that. Bellacore's definitely strong. I'm, I'd like to check out their other album. Well, or the they, one you were referencing earlier. They have four they albums. Probably have a couple. Yeah. Right. Uh, of Breath and Bone is very good, but the, for me, I, I think this album is one Vessel's very close to, and then the other two kind of fall behind there, and then they have a new one coming out, and I'm really hopeful we'll be able to get these guys, or at least George, to come on and talk to us about some of the questions that we have about this album, because I'd love to know where where the headspace was, who wrote it, and where they were kind of... It seems like there was a lot on their shoulders at the time that they wrote this album. I wonder if it's like a guy. No, go ahead. I was like, I wonder who writes the lyrics. Is it like a, you know, is it collaborative? Is there one guy with just these big ideas about life? You know, I wonder, I wonder how they come up with the lyrics. We should, we should ask them that if we can talk to them. Definitely. So I'm going to push hard to get those guys to come on. Uh, but, but now I want you to tell me your thoughts um, of next week's album and, and what you've picked for me so I can, or not okay. next week, but next episode. Yeah, for sure, man. Okay. I have a, I have a bit of a, a curveball, a bit of a wild card for you. Um, I was not sure if I was going to recommend this because I, I think it's a great album, but it is so goofy and on purpose. It's, um, I want you to review strapping young lads, self-titled. Okay. I'm down with Devin Townsend. He just released a new album. That's excellent. Not under okay. the Strapping Young Lad title, but under right. his own. Right, Devin Townsend Band, or just himself, right. yeah. Right. So, okay. okay, I'm down. So, Strapping Young Lad by Strapping Young Lad. Exactly. It has, like, a feather on it with, like, blood on it. Deal. You got it. And for for me, you are going to review Return to Nothing by Source. Awesome. Never heard of that. All right. Never. Great. So, I'm definitely down. Perfect. Well, this keeps uh, working out well because we, we keep p- managing to pick albums for each other that we don't know. I've never listened to the Strapping Young Lad album, so I, I'm excited to do this, and I think this is working well that we're getting exposed to new metal and exactly. finding songs like Passchendaele. There's so much stuff I want to recommend that you have heard that I'm like, I just want to hear how it holds up to you, um, but I'm trying to throw you things that I don't think you have just so we can you know, introduce each other to new, new stuff and uh, you know, just 
get a, and get a real honest, maybe surprising take on it. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I'm really, I'm liking to trying to find things that we haven't heard. So yeah, you awesome. show me yours, I'll show you mine. Exactly. Uh, my pants are already down. But <laughs> hey, uh, you know how we have been doing this now? God, this is probably like our seventh or eighth episode. I can't, I can't lose track now. But we, I, stupidly keep forgetting to wrap up the episode with a funny comedic joke quote. So I actually have remembered this week. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. The great, late Mitch Hedberg. I bought myself a parrot. The parrot talked, but it did not say I'm hungry. So it died. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. There are the man. so fucking many of those. So we got no shortage of material. If you ever have to go back into that well, Mitch Hedberg. I'll be... That's, I, I can draw from the Mitch Hedberg well for about 300 episodes. <laughs> exactly. Awesome, man. Well, good episode. Likewise. I'll talk to you later, brother. And you guys, make sure you go back and listen to the Unleash the Archers interview. Make sure oh, you please do. click it's a great on interview. a great interview. And make sure you click on uh, download, buy, support, Bellacor and Iron Maiden. They're both on different, you know, somewhat ends of the spectrum in terms of their careers. But Bellacor is an up-and-coming kick-ass band. Try to go out and see those guys. Get on their website. And all these bands that we review, The part of the reason we're doing these reviews is to expose people to new music that they may have never heard for great albums. So make sure you're getting out there and supporting these bands. Support local live music and buy their stuff. So with that, we will see you next time. Awesome. See you, man.